Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dacius. We're here with another episode. Uh, we have wonderful guests. Um, her name is Caroline Hyler, and she will definitely talk about herself. Before this, um, this episode is brought to you by EatCore. EatCore is the fitness program you need to follow. Now is the time to hop into the hottest 45-minute group fitness class around. Give us a try absolutely free with our free three-day pass. Get a great workout and have fun at the same time. Whether an athlete or someone looking to shed a few pounds, hit core workouts, keep you motivated, and part of an awesome community all in under 45 minutes. See you at the gym. Yes, uh, if you want to lose some weight, if you want to look great, um, Eco Fitness Program should be your option. And we have Dasis Facility Management, which um, sponsored this program and this episode. Let's go with Dasis Facility Management. Do you want to maximize the value of your commercial property and achieve optimal productivity and efficiency in your day-to-day business operations? That's where Dacius Facilities Management can help. DFM offers Boston area businesses help in key areas like building and preventive maintenance, handyman services, project and vendor management, and even security consulting at competitive rates. Call Dacius Facilities Management now at 617-237-0106 or visit DaciusFM.com today. Yes, the Dacius FM should be your option if you want to manage your property the right way. So like promised, we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Caroline Heiler, and she has a Bachelor of Business Management and concentrate in finance at um, University of Massachusetts of Boston. And she recently earned DEI certification from Bentley University. So Caroline, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Excited for this episode uh, because I have a lot of questions for you and I know you're going to dive deep into this podcast. So let's introduce the show. This is Divine Purpose Podcast with Caroline with us today. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Yes, uh, excited to have Caroline with us. Um, Caroline, she's she she has seven years experience, and she used to work as an executive assistant, where she felt that she was missing something. But this, those are my words, and I think we're gonna give Caroline the mic and the place um, so she can talk about her, her career. So one question we usually ask our guests. What can you tell us about you today? Yeah, so like uh, Eddie had mentioned, my name is Carlene Hilaire. Uh, there's a lot to say about me, but I would just start briefly where 
Um, I am in a DNI space. And so a lot of times people say, you know, what is DNI? Mm. And I'm just learning as I go. There's just okay. so much component to it. Um, I am a full-time uh, worker. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, and I also have um, a ministry that I run as well with one of my best friends. And so there's so many hats that I wear on a daily basis. And so um, you'll learn so much more about me throughout this uh, podcast. And that's great to hear. And we, we like to 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 make sure we go deep, um, deep into our conversation. One question I would ask you, what are the three most challenging events in your life and how do, do they challenge you? Um, I would say just being able to first, the first challenge, I would say to balance being a full-time mom, mm. full-time uh, nine to five worker and being oh. able to, that's ju just really challenging at times because, you know, you want to be there for your daughter. You want to be there for your kids, of course, but you also have a full-time job. So finding, finding that balance sometimes is challenging. Um, but I feel like I found a better routine of, of the weekends, of the soccer or the dance class, of <laughs> uh, just finding that balance better now that she's older. But I think as she was younger, especially in the newborn stages, it was very difficult to be a full-time mother and a full-time worker because it was like stretching yourself. You felt like you were always stretching yourself. Um, the second challenge I would say is just being able to be present at all times for everyone and including yourself. Tell I me about it. Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, one thing that I've learned lately is to put in self-care time and wow. making sure that I put time for myself. That means either, you know, booking a pedicure, medicure for myself and just being able to unplug when is necessary because it's so easy wearing all these hats to just go, go, go and never know when to stop. So that's been challenging, but I've been able to kind of find that again, place of, okay, now it's time for self-care. It's, it's time for Curly to do something for mm. herself. Um, and again, you shouldn't feel guilty about self-care. I know a lot of times people feel guilty about, yeah, you know, do. stepping away. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that would be my second challenge. And then just the third challenge would just be, um, again, wearing the, the multiple hats of, of being a, a, a wife and also having, again, work and being a, a daughter, being a friend. So mm. just being there for everyone that you love and also um, balancing out, you know, the ministry and the full-time job. So day to day, I feel like there's always a challenge, but it's how I, I go into it. It's how I use it as not a barrier, but as a, as a access to doing better and as a better way to, um, leverage how can I change this how can I make it more feasible for myself and so I would say those are the things that are challenging but I've definitely gotten better over the, over time <laughs> I, I like it I like it and thank you for sharing definitely we appreciate you being here and then telling us um, about your challenges but I will go with you with this question yes we have challenges but what keep What kept you motivated? What kept you going? I know yeah. you said you talk about self-care, which yeah. is great. And we're going to go um, a little bit deeper on it. But what kept you going? Yeah, I would say what really keeps me going is 
having that time to um, talk to my girls, um, having that time to be transparent and saying, you know, today is not a good day and that's okay. I think that's the biggest thing is just being real with yourself, um, being real with those who are around you. And so I've learned to when I'm not okay or, you know, my, my times of I'm just tired, it's just being real and saying I need to unplug and knowing when it's time to take a step back. And again, it's okay. Uh, I got, I got here. Uh, it took a while to get here, but I got here and I love where I'm at, where I'm, I'm okay to unplug. I'm okay to step away when it feels overwhelming. You said, um, don't feel guilty to take some time off for yourself. So yeah. can you elaborate? Yeah. So I think, um, again, becoming a mom about uh, five years ago, I felt guilty leaving my daughter. I felt guilty yeah. um, going away to say, hey, I'm going to go out with my girls for brunch. Um, I felt guilty even you know, taking a walk because I felt like I always needed to be there. I felt like I couldn't leave her. Um, but then over time, as she grew older, I knew that it was necessary. It wasn't just necessary for her, but it was necessary for me to take that time for myself because I can't be a hundred percent myself for her and for my family. Yes. If I don't have that time to recharge, yeah. if I don't have that time to say, you know, let me go spend time with some friends that I haven't seen in a while. I it's it's necessary to have that time be able to so you can come back and fully give your all because you're gonna run dry of just running, running, running and giving everybody else, but then you're just your cup is empty because of all the uh giving that you've been giving, doing. yes. Yeah, so I've learned a lot. <laughs> no, and, and and let's talk about hobbies because I feel like parents nowadays we don't hear this, we don't hear this term, yeah. right? We don't yeah. hear about hobbies. Do you have any, and how do you manage that? Yeah, so that's a very good question, and I would agree a hundred percent that as parents, you don't really have hobbies anymore. Your kids' lives <laughs> of their sports, yeah. their sports become your hobby kind of, of just being there. Um, I would say my hobby, which I'm trying to do better at, is going to the gym, of just okay. working out. Um, I used to play soccer, which I still love soccer. My daughter actually plays what? soccer now. Really? <laughs> yeah. What position? Um, I ended up playing every position in high wow. school by the time I graduated. And I was even a goalie as short as I am. <laughs> That's good. Um, so I would say that is one of the sports that I would love to go back to. Um, but right now, it's just really finding time to go to the gym. So let, let's go on childhood memories. Can you share a few childhood memories with us today? Yeah. So my mom is out of 12. And so we yeah. always had a lot of cousins around. We always had um, family events all the time. And so my childhood was very based on family. And till this day, anyone that knows me know that I love my family. I love being around with them and spending time with them. And so childhood was just embracing that time and, and being able to um, enjoy my cousins in, in yes. a way that now we're older, we all have, most of us all have kids. And so it's, it's interesting to see how we're adults now with our own kids and being able to allow them to spend that time too. Um, yeah. Because again, 
family is number one. It's so important to me. It's 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 a place that I really feel like everyone needs to have the ability to just be yourself and be a kid again. And so my childhood was really being around a lot of cousins that I love very, very much. And and I appreciate your answer because this kind of feed um, to this question I will ask you. How important are those memories for you looking back and do you keep them or do you try to repeat them or do you try to renew them with new new skill or new culture or new new technique in terms of like what exactly do you do or do you keep it as a core the same way you had it from your from your childhood memory Yeah, so I would say I kept most of them. Um, a lot of the childhood memories were really good memories. Um, there are some things that I had to unlearn. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> um, and that's okay because as becoming a mom, you know, there's things that I definitely wanted her to learn. And there's things that I'm saying um, to myself where I don't want her to learn the same things. And that's, again, um, our perspective of it. But a lot of the childhood memories of, you know, the traditional recipes and just being around um, her cousins as well. Now she has a lot of cousins her age. Yeah. So that's, that's a beautiful thing that I feel like a lot of my cousins, we were kind of close in age, but her having, you know, literally cousins a year apart, I think she's able to grow with them even closer than I was. Mm. And so those are the memories that I'm definitely trying to um, have her have as well um, as she's growing up. And some of them live so close. I didn't have as many cousins that live as close, but she has literally all of them around, you know, just 30 minutes away. So having that time with her to um, spend time with her cousins, I think as she gets older, she'll enjoy it as well. So you mentioned you play soccer. Yes. And I, I coach soccer too, by oh, the wow. way. Yeah, I coach soccer. Sure. But what got you into soccer? Um. So in middle school, I played uh, in eighth grade, I played soccer. And so I just wanted to find something that I loved. I was just going to school like throughout, you know, um, elementary. And then in middle yeah. school, I said, you know, let me join a sport. And soccer mm. was the first sport that I joined and I fell in love with it right away. Um, and then I played all through high school and then I was going to play in college. But as much as I got hurt yeah. in high school, I didn't want to break a leg in college because I feel it's going to be way <laughs> more intense yeah. and competitive. And so I said, you know, let me just focus on my studies and um, yeah, just go straight to college. But I didn't play in college, but sometimes I'm like, what if I did, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I love but, it. But uh, what was uh, so that's a question that I have people when I ask them, they really smile, they really go back in, in, in their past to kind of find the right answer. What was your dream job in high school, college, and now? Yes, another great question. Um, so in college and in high school, I always wanted to work in a big building. So my mom used to take us to downtown. A lot of times on, on weekends, we'd go to downtown, go shopping. Yeah. And so I always see these big buildings. And I was like, I want to be a businesswoman <laughs> one day. I want to work in one of these big buildings one day. But I yeah. just knew that I wanted to be in the business field. I didn't know exactly what that would look like. Yeah. But I always knew I wanted to work in the business field. And then I did. I, I went to school at UMass Boston. And I graduated yeah. with 
business management and I concentrated in finance. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really just wanted to have that uh, avenue of learning more about business, especially management. I wanted to become a manager one day. I yeah. wanted to uh, own my own business. So those are a lot of things that inspired me to go into the business field. So, and, and I'm glad you said that you had those dreams, but now all the, those dreams change or mold the person you are now yeah. today. Yeah. Or did they help you get to where you are now today? Yeah. So they, they molded me. Like a lot of the experiences that I went through have made me the woman that I am today. Um, through the experiences of coworkers, of learning mm. from them, yeah. the experiences of different managers. Um, I was an EA for a while. So mm. I learned the different techniques of what managers wanted, what they didn't want to work, how they worked. Um, I learned a lot of different, um, even barriers, how to go around different barriers that as a, a young professional, I feel like a lot yeah. of times people may not take you as seriously as you come into the room. But a lot of times um, me just being able to speak, me being able to show my work, it, it was more than, hey, she's just a young professional, but she actually knows what she's doing. And so I would say it's really molded me and it's and shaped me to one, speak up more um, yeah. and also to not be afraid, not be afraid of just because okay. you're younger than most people at the table. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> you should also uh, present your work and not be mm. afraid to speak up. So. So what is one piece of advice you will give somebody or someone who's starting the career right now? I would say go with it with your eyes straight on the prize. Do not look back. Look forward. Go with it with your whole heart mm. and, give it, and give it your all. <laughs> great, great, great advice. But now... What is one thing you wish you knew before you started your career? Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> um, I would say before I started my career, just knowing the right people. Yeah. Um, I was networking. always, yeah, just networking. I think that was the biggest thing. If I knew to network early on, then I feel like I would have been um, connected even more with the right people. So just being able to um, network more and not being afraid to say, hey, can you help me? I have a question or yeah. how do I do this? And so those are the things that I would say definitely early on in my career, I would have networked a lot more. And no, that's those are great questions, uh, good, great answers. And so, which one, which of your accomplishment are you the proudest? Wow, um, I would just say graduating college. I think college yeah. is very You're preaching, preaching. <laughs> I would just say that would be my biggest accomplishment till this day. Just graduating yeah. college because. I took the road less taken. A lot of times, a lot of students, you'll hear their start. They'll start the career. Yeah. I mean, the path of going into getting a degree and then they won't finish either mm. because financially or even family um, situations might come up. And so even though it took me a little bit longer, but I never gave up okay. to get my degree. And so when I crossed that stage, I'll never forget the joy that I felt of being able to get that degree. So what was the process to because you know college choosing college is a big process for some people they have the great support 
but um i had guests saying they they were the first to go to college in their family i don't know what's the case for you but what what um what was the process yeah so i'm actually the baby in the family um i have older sister she was uh the first to go to college so i you know followed the footsteps of going to college as well my process was a little different the only reason why i say that is because i ended up getting my associate's degree first so i went to massasoit community college for two years got my business administration degree there and then mm. um, transferred over to UMass Boston and then okay. got my bachelor's degree. So it took a little longer because of the transferring. But again, I could have just stopped at my associates and yeah. said, you know, that's it. I'm good. But um, I continued going and I it, it was it was not a easy time because I was literally taking courses during the summer while everyone was out. I was in school. Um, yeah. But that's why it, it meant so much to graduate and to be able to achieve such a, a great accomplishment in life. And I, I think um, I relate to what you're saying because that was my case too. I, I had There was no summer for me. I was always taking classes before I graduated. So let, let's think about this this way. You said that this is very important for you to to accomplish, like to get your bachelor degree. But how important is success for you? So success is very important. I feel like it's not as important as life. You have to live to really be successful. Yeah. Um, I'm learning to take it one step at a time literally one day at a time. And that's how I will be successful. So connecting to the right people, um, putting myself out there, not being afraid, taking a chance on myself and really speaking the truth. I think that's the biggest part of, of being successful. It's not just all the degrees you have. It's not just, you know, knowing the highest ranked person, the CEOs or the CFOs, but it's really, um, putting yourself out there and making the best you can being the best person that you can each and every day and showing up. So, and, and that's an interesting answer because you said success shouldn't be more than life, but with COVID, did you have to adjust yourself, adjust your life, adjust your family? Can you take us to the adjustment you have to make? Yeah, COVID was a huge adjustment. Um, My daughter was about three years old around that time. And so just being, again, um, a full-time mom, a teacher, I was teaching her. I didn't let her just, you know, sit around and watch TV all day. A lot of my friends were impressed because I was that mother that had boards, I had (laughs) books, I had cards, flashcards. I was really being her teacher because I wanted her to continue learning. Yes. So, you know, schools were closed. And so um, it was an adjustment for us all to balance still working from home um, and seeing each other every single day. Yeah. um, For me and my husband, we were together for a long time. But being in a household where you didn't have anywhere else to go, you didn't have time to say, let me just just step out and come back. Um, (laughs) It was an adjustment of just being able to still give each other space, but still giving each other um, time to grow. And so I think, again, COVID for us, it was it was not a difficult time. It was just more of a time of embracing and learning. Embracing, yeah. Yeah, of learning more about each other. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we got through it. Thank goodness we got through it. 
so yeah, it was it was it was a challenging time, I would say, because more of our daughter being home, of yeah. not having that um, school, uh, being able to go to school and stuff. But it was it was okay. We we got through it. So you 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 probably hear that when they say, "Oh, leave work at work," right? So yeah. when do you leave work when you <laughs> at home? <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> Yeah, so we have our guest. He said he, he worked home, and this adjustment alone was a big problem because a challenge to say because they couldn't separate work because work was at home. And as as flexible it is when you work at home, but there's other things you have to manage. So did you encounter any challenge working for more? I know you just mentioned a few, but did is there anything you can add to that? Yeah, there was, those are just the challenges that I would say we really faced. Um, it is hard to work from home, especially full time, I would say, and still, you know, try to balance the other things that you have going on. Yeah. I think for us, we were able to say, okay, if it's 5.30, we try to really log off and have that work-life balance mm-hmm. because if you keep working it's yeah. eight o'clock and you forget hey i didn't even start dinner yet um, <laughs> so just finding that balance was very important for us all i have a i have somebody i know he, he said he worked 80 hours a week wow for a year wow he was working home but he he kind of clock in from like 7 a.m to 11 p.m every day Yeah, so he had to do it for his family because at the end of the day, the sacrifice we make for our family, we cannot compare to what somebody are enduring. So what's the best compliment you ever gotten? Um, I would just say people always say that I speak my mind, <laughs> Yeah. Um, which is just me being, I would say, being more transparent now. I feel like before the old Curleen was more afraid to speak up in a, yes. in a room. Um, but now when I'm at a table and when I'm in, 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 in any environment, I'm able to really not be afraid to just speak my mind and to just, again, speak the truth of how I feel yeah. um, and just in a transparent way. So, yeah, because um, we, we, we think that, and I, like I said, I learned so much from the guests um, we have here uh, on divine perfect podcast. And one thing they, they were talking, which is tied to, imposter syndrome where people feel like they don't belong they they, they don't have the skill um, necessary for their job what is the most important lesson you have learned over your career so far I would say just being able to be yourself um, I think a lot of times especially being a woman of color um, there were times that I was afraid to be myself. There were times that I was afraid to show up um, as myself. And so just being able to learn that it's okay. It's okay to show up as Curleen. There's people that's going to like it and there's people that's not going to like it. And at the end of the day, you just know that you're being true to yourself. And so imposter syndrome is real. I, I, I dealt with that. There were times that I didn't even feel worthy of being in a room. I was like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't even be here. Yeah. But over time, um, I've been able to learn that there's a reason why you're here. There's a purpose yep. behind 
why you're here. And so that's helped me really understand just just be you, just be you and speak the truth and come as you are. That's all. So let's take a moment to to kind of dive a little bit deep. This is not hot topic yet, but <laughs> I feel like we, I should ask this question. So who is curling? Who is who is curling? Like, and I have a following follow up question after that. But in your own word words, who who is curling? I would say, um, in my own words, she is a hardworking woman. When she loves, she loves, which is like her family and her friends. I have such a great relationship with them all. Um, she is motivated. She's determined. Mm. Um, and she will literally uh, try to get an answer in everything that she possibly can. Until she gets it, she will not stop. So she's definitely a hardworking um, and sometimes goes above and beyond, yeah. <laughs> I would say. Uh, but yeah, I would say I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that just just give it my all. I just give it my all. What do people misunderstand about you most? Um, I'm not sure. That's a, that's, that's a good <laughs> question too. But I would just say until they get to know me, sometimes, yeah. you know, they may not right off the back, they might think I'm a shy person or um, I just don't come off right off the back as a as a talkative person. But once you get to know me, I'm very friendly. I love to get to know people. And yeah, that's something that I, I really enjoy learning and um, getting to know new people all the time. All right. That's right on time for our break. Carolyn, we appreciate you and we come, we'll be back. Let's go with um, it call. Did you know that Hitcore Fitness is now an SBA approved franchisor? Now it's your opportunity to be part of a thriving business with multiple revenue streams. Hit and core strength group fitness classes, personal training and small group training, weight loss program and corporate wellness program, and much more. Crush your competition with higher than average member retention and get your return on investment in under three years. We'll see you at the gym. What comes before making a smart decision? Choices. A smart choice is the best option, which is who we are. That's why our clients expect more from us and, in return, get more in everything we do. We understand the problem. That's why we thrive for excellence. We don't just create a winning culture. We aspire to be a smart choice, a voice for solutions. We believe in integrity, professionalism, and teamwork. Our passion is to bring results from our clients by working harder, smarter, and faster. As a team, we always deliver because we recognize your needs. Choosing smart influences us to be the best version of ourselves. That makes us different than other companies. It makes us confident in achieving our goals. It makes us who we are. And it makes us DFM, the smart choice. Yes, uh, this is Eddie Dacius. We're here with Curly on Divine Purpose Podcast. Um, this is 
our episode we had a great time so far and we're gonna continue our line of questions for Carolyn. so Carolyn, this is where i i usually ask this question about where when did you realize you had all the accolade all the skills like when did you arrive like when did you arrive when when did you feel like oh Carolyn just arrived if there's a moment you feel like you didn't have any fear, you embrace your calling and then you you go crash the job, do it to your best ability. Did you have any time, any moment where you feel like this is curling now? Yeah, I would say that moment happened when I came into the DE&I space. Mm. Uh, I was an EA again for like seven years, seven to eight years. And I was always there, but I wasn't fulfilling, I feel like my purpose. I feel yeah. like I didn't know exactly what was next, but I knew there was something else out there for me to be doing. And so when I came into the DNI space, I really felt like this is where I belong. Mm. And this is where I can see my career just growing and learning so much um, within this industry. And so that's where I would say I was like, this is where Carlene really uh, belongs. And um, I'm just striving even now. I've been in the position for about a year now. And so even in the past almost year, I feel like I've learned so much and I've done a lot of things that I'm like, wow, I would have never thought that in a million years. <laughs> yeah. But again, um, that's where I feel like my skills and everything that I learned, even in the past, all just came together. So, yeah. Um, I had asked that question on my on one of our guests and she she was saying, no, no, you shouldn't feel imposter syndrome and you shouldn't even tell yourself about that but my question is is it related to black women you mostly or is it every woman that might feel oh i'm talking about men too mm -hmm. i have like like i said the, the person was a woman she's a successful woman but um she the way she answered which is that's her answer but what i was asking mostly was if she had any situation any where she felt like she didn't belong and now i'm going to you and like you admit and i have a lot of people admit too mm -hmm. where they didn't feel comfortable they have to grow they have to get that confidence out and to embrace their calling yeah so i would say as a woman of color yeah it's, it's, it's definitely i feel like it's more uh no, like you you feel it more than yeah. any any other um culture like a, a person a woman of color i feel like you really feel it because of one you're a woman two you're a woman of color you have double <laughs> i feel like that anxiety and mindset that yeah. because you come into a room usually there's already a lot of men in the room so you're thinking they're superior than you already and then you have uh caucasian women so already you're just your mindset is not thinking i'm capable i'm able to be in this room okay because of those barriers that you always you know sought 
to see and yeah. you've never had the opportunity to say or even see a lot of times a woman of color be a CEO. You know, now we see that a lot more. But yes. before I would say growing up, you know, in high school or middle school, we weren't around to really understand the under the a possibility of mm, a woman yes. of color being a CEO, a CFO. Yep. Um, and so I think now growing up as more people are seeing diverse, especially women of color at these positions, that is so amazing to see and inspiring to see. And so I think imposter syndrome is so real. It's so real, especially for women of color. So as a mother, teacher, you have a daughter. What's the lesson? What's the message? What's the teaching to equip them for what's coming or for them when they gonna be? Because I have a daughter too, so she's. Too. So I always ask that question: How do we equip them for the for the right confidence? What what in your mind should be something we do as parents to kind of motivate them, give them more um, confidence. Yeah. So with my daughter, I actually do this with her on a daily basis. I remind her who she is. So that is giving her affirmations that she's beautiful, that she's Mm. smart, that she is brave and that she can do whatever she put her mind to. And so literally she will repeat that. I'm smart. I'm brave. And I'm beautiful and I can do whatever I put my mind to. And so as she's growing up, even at the age of five, that confidence is building something for later on. Um, And so I'm, I'm hoping that she will keep it. She will remember no matter where she goes and no matter what anyone says that she is beautiful. She's smart and she's brave and she can do whatever she put her mind to. Wow, great answer, Caroline. Really appreciate it. Thank you. So let, let's go to hot topic. Hot topic is a segment where we ask questions that's related to your career. Question our audience doesn't usually have a chance to ask people in your position. All right, let's go with hot topic. So this is like, I don't know if it's a trend, but I see it everywhere. D-E-I, diversity, equity, inclusion. Mm -hmm. What is it? So it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's definitely a lot. I would say a lot of companies are kind of, looking at it differently. Not every company, I would say, look at it the same way. Um, but GNI, it's essentially diversity, equity, inclusion, like you said. It's making sure you have diverse candidates. It's making sure it's inclusive. Um, yeah. And e- equity is just making sure there's equal opportunities. Um, yeah. And again, a lot of companies define that kind of differently. So that's how... I look at it, and that's how um, our company does definitely look at it. And, and to be honest, I, I see it everywhere, and it feel like um, that's a trend. Um, now, what's the future for for companies now? Like, I know this 
DNI is helping company to be more diverse. But in your opinion, what's the future and what's the benefit? Yeah, so I think the future is seeing more people that look like you, especially yeah. people of color, in the companies and not just in entry level positions, but in higher rank positions like senior managers, executives, and so on and so forth. And not just keeping them at the, again, entry level barriers, but yeah. opening up those doors for them. And I also see that um, it's going to give access to a lot more young professionals to okay. really go after their careers and not being, you know, kind of timid um, of doing the extra test that they need to take to become a manager or, you know, just the extra education or something like that, that they need the accolades to become um, a senior manager and just going forth of seeing other people ahead of them that did it before. I think that's the future of just being able to have a broader understanding that people of color is coming. They're coming. They're going to be in all these spaces, not just uh, the low levels, um, um, you know, the other positions, but they're going to be in high rate positions as well. Yeah. And uh, this question is mostly for for you because you're a soccer. You used to play soccer. So I, I watch um, the Premier League soccer and I, I never seen a black referee. Yeah. And I've been doing some research on that and I, I I cannot recall one game I watch or highlight I see a black referee. So yep. <laughs> is because that's what I'm saying, is everybody entitled to DI or is it some organization that say, Okay, I, I will do that or is it something that mandatory? For every company. Yeah, so I would say it's not mandatory for okay. every company. I would say after 2020, um, I feel like honestly, after the George Floyd a situation occurred, that's when a yeah. lot of companies kind of went back to the drawing board and said, hey, we don't have DE&I here. How can we implement this? And so that's when a lot of the positions of DNI really started. Um, they had it in some companies, but still, it wasn't as many. You know, now you turn you turn left yeah, and right, yeah. you see DNI everywhere, <laughs> and everyone's like, "What's DNI? What's DNI?" And yeah. so I think it's a lot that stemmed from that situation that really made companies say, "Hey, we need to have this here." And now, yes. A lot of companies are trying to make it like a mandatory training or a mandatory um, position to kind of have. But I don't know if you've heard, um, they've actually, a lot of companies laid off a lot of DNI positions in the past couple of months because, again, those were the companies I feel like that were kind of checking off that box. Yeah. To say, hey, we did this, now we're done. And unfortunately, that's the cause of a lot of um, not really looking why we need this. What's the real reason why we need this? What's the importance of having DNI, yep. especially in a company? And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the future really holds if we, if we continue um, down this path. I know you have your DNI um, certificate. So what got you to go and get the certificate? 
Yeah. So right when I got the position, again, it was new to me. I wanted to learn more right off the back. I wanted to um, just get some type of background, more information about what DNI was. I've always heard about it, but I was never really um, engaged too much into it. And so yeah. once I got the certificate, that class was about um, it was about eight weeks class mm. that I took at Bentley University, and it was so life changing. I learned so much from the students and the professors, and again, it just opened up my eyes to there's a lot of bias, and even myself, I wasn't. Um, knowing, like, knowingly um, able to understand there's things that I was, I needed to change about myself. And so that class just opened up my eyes in so many different ways that I took so much from it. So as a Black professionals, how should we look at a company we apply for, in your opinion? Yes, good question. I would say definitely do your research about the company. Get to know the team that you're going to work with. Even when you're going into the interviews, ask the right questions. What's their intention? Um, And also, what are ways, what are things that they're doing as a company to have DEI? What are the things that they're, um, they're implementing to have their employees learn more Mm. and, and actually promoting their, their employees, not just not just um, some of their employees, but all of their employees. What is the promotion rate? What is the, uh, again, retention rate? And those are important questions because if you're in a position for like three, four years and you haven't seen any growth and you haven't seen any promotion um, happening, then it's time to kind of say, okay, it's time to look for something else because, (laughs) you know, you can't stay stagnant. You can't stay complacent. And I truly believe that um, when you're in a company, you should be able to grow. You should be able to get promoted within a few years within being in that position. But uh, it's great answers, Carol. And I know people know you talking with knowledge, but this is where I feel like, because you might be in a position you really wanted that position and then when you get to the job they put you in a box yeah. you know you can't yeah. move it's right there so and when you started to kind of talking about things that should happen they they call you names angry man angry black man so yeah. what's the resources for somebody in that position What should they do or what can you advise them? Yeah, I would say always have a mentor, a mentor either within the workplace that you have someone that um, you can learn what they're doing. You can also speak to them candidly and also even having a mentor outside of work. I have a mentor outside of work and she's amazing. I'm learning so much from her. And I say I would say those are the type of resources that can really help of speaking to your mentor. And if you do have a great relationship with your manager, which I really hope a lot of people have that. um, And that is another great way of just saying, Hey, this is how I feel. And I just want to be, you know, transparent about it. I don't want to, you know, be here and be being unhappy because no one wants to be unhappy at work. (laughs) So I think having those two resources of having a, a, re, uh, a manager that you can speak to and also having even a mentor that you can confide in and speak about your situation. 
Wow. You, you you didn't even sweat. You just answered <laughs> those questions left and right, which is great, which, which is good. So is there like a checkbox for great companies? We have, we've great DNI, DNI like um, program, or is there like everybody do their own? Is there like a template? So if, if a company, so uh, let me ask this. Can you spot a company which who is intentional about it or not? Yeah, so I can't spot a company to be honest because there's so many companies that are doing DNI right now. Yeah. I would say there's not a straight template. I feel like a lot of companies are doing kind of their own thing, what works for them, because yeah. companies are smaller. Let's say you have a 300 um employee off like an office of only 300 employees so your dni might look different from someone that has a company that is a thousand employees yeah so that's why i i would say every company is kind of doing something different but i think at the end of the day they're trying to come out with the same success yeah um but yeah there's not a real template to say this is what we're doing and this is how it has to go so yeah everyone's learning as we continue to grasp this and continue to um enhance dni wow that was amazing i like it i like uh, all the answers and and i appreciate you being here so we got to our closing segment um it's usually the fun one <laughs> any any favorite travel destination you can share with our audience yeah so jamaica is Ooh. one of my favorite places uh we got married in jamaica almost eight years mm-hmm. ago wow so, that's yeah. nice <laughs> so jamaica i would definitely say is one of wagon. my favorite wagon <laughs> i've been to jamaica too it was nice we had a great time yeah. uh, favorite food Favorite food. Uh, I love some Haitian food. So I would say (laughs) that would be, um, I have a lot, but I would say my white rice, black beans, and legume. Oh man, no, legume is, I think legume is the best best dish in the world. (laughs) That's my opinion. I'm biased. I'm Asian, but I'm bad. Any, any book you will, you will uh, recommend to our audience? Um, I would say Michelle Obama's book okay. is ama- amazing. Um, Becoming, as you can see, even um, on my social media platform, Becoming is actually the background of what I say because mm. I feel like I'm truly becoming each and every day uh, the woman that I'm called to be. And so, yeah. yeah, that's been that's been my motto is just I'm becoming. Great, great. Um, so, is there a question that you wish I asked you today? Um, no, yeah, I think you asked all the questions that um, I, I I was able and wanted to a- answer. <laughs> all right, and appreciate it. So, this is Eddie Dacius with um, Carolyn today. She really did a great job talking about her experience. Carolyn, last word for you. No, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this, and um, yeah, it was great. All right, so this is Eddie Dacius with Divine Purpose Podcast. We're here for a great episode. Stay tuned. Um, check us, um, subscribe to this channel on YouTube, and you can listen to our podcast on audio, um, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, anywhere you you take your 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 time to listen to a podcast. Like I said, we had a great time with Caroline today. Caroline, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>